0: Uh, it's very similar to what my parents saw where, you know, in my mind, I was being, I was like so good at everything. But, you know, I think that I was probably the kid, you know, twirling her hair and picking dandelions and things. I know right now it's hard to see, but one day you gonna
1: believe it. I was the first one counting out. Now I'm the youngest one winning. My brothers tell me they see me. My sister saw me on TV. She said that hey, you were a superstar, but now I'm the underdog. Uh-huh. You know, Stevie Carr, welcome to uh the podcast. And I was so excited. I forgot to hit record. So now we're, we are officially recording. We're going to let it rip. And that's just, I think you're and I's relationship. So just a little bit about Stevie Carr, founder and CEO of Wise Wellness Guild, an insights-driven networking and e-commerce platform aimed to advance women through whole self wellness. And prior to that, she is an incredible leader in this community in Cincinnati, but really I think Anyone that follows her, you know, she is something to uh, look up to for sure. She's worked for p and different UC Health, all sorts of leadership positions, but extremely talented. One thing I saw, um, which I knew she was talented, but I loved this picture. One of the most influential I had it here in preparation, uh, named 2022, influential women uh, nominated, uh, Greater Cincinnati. So you're just doing fantastic things. I really wanted to share your story, Stevie. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know where to jump in on the Stevie Carr, you know, uh, journey. So I would love to ask you like, hey, where? tell us a little bit about yourself. I think it's important to set kind of the foundation because a lot of people probably don't know who Stevie Carr is. But if you want to let them know who you are and then uh, all the great things we can get into what you're doing.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for having me. I'm so excited. I was explaining to you earlier about how humbled I am to be on this podcast. You've had some incredible incredible rock stars uh, that I definitely admire. And I think that with this platform, the what I love that you're doing is creating space to just allow for people to talk as humans and talk about the things that we're passionate about. And, you know, you being able to uh, create change with a single person, I think is such an amazing objective, you know, one person's listening. And so, um, you know, for me, I, you know, I'll start with just like born and raised Cincinnatian, uh, which is one of my favorite things about myself. But if you would have asked me that, you know, 15 years ago, I probably wouldn't have said that. I, you know, grew up um, on the west side of Cincinnati and had, you know, what I would say is like looking back, uh, you know, a very idyllic childhood. I, you know, was really into sports, very athletic. I was a dancer um, on my high school dance team and, you know, really just like grew up being very competitive individual. And I absolutely love that. That's really important. I have a six-year-old son um, and, you know, getting him into sports. I'm sure that that journey (laughs) probably for me uh, is very similar to what my parents saw where, you know, in my mind, I was being, I was like so good at everything, but, you know, I think that I was probably the kid, you know, twirling her hair and picking dandelions and things, you know, I think for me being athletic, I've never been the, the person that things have just come naturally and easy. Like I've had to work really, really hard at almost everything that I do. Like I'm not, like things do not come naturally and easy to me. I think I'm like, taller than your normal woman. Like, you know, I'm like, like always like, what do I do with my hands? You know, kind of a thing. And I, um, and so, you know, I think about that a lot when I think about, you know, becoming this competitive individual that I naturally am. I think that truly a lot of that comes from you know, where I grew up is like, we all kind of grew up with a lot of this grit and resilience and determination and kind of feeling like we had to prove something being from the West side. And, you know, as I've kind of grown up, I've really come to respect like that sentiment that really, you know, um, I don't have anything to prove to anybody, uh, but I have this like intrinsic self and motivation that I think, you know, gets me into trouble. Sometimes my ego can be a little tricky, uh, sometimes, but I do think that a lot of it's just more about really wanting to be the best version of myself and really propel myself forward because I really do think that this, you know, world, anything is possible. Um, and I really do believe that it's, it's about hard work, but it really is about mindset, and it's about understanding this your own your own dark, you know, kind of the light and the dark side, and understanding, as I said, my understanding your ego, understanding, you know, that you need rest, understanding that it's not just about go, go, go. And that's really um ultimately like the foundation of my company, Wise Wellness Skilled. Um, and how, you know, how I kind of got into that. So
1: yeah, let's <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about that and and Anyone that you can just sense, obviously, hearing her through. If you're listening to this audio, or if you're on YouTube watching her, but you, you the energy Stevie has is the first time I, I know multiple people have told me you gotta. We, we worked on a fundraiser together, but you got to meet this. You got to meet Stevie. You got to meet Stevie. And then I meet Stevie, and I'm like, okay, you know, you hear people uh, like, hey, you gotta go meet this person, meet that person. But when I stepped into the room with you, I was like, okay, you you are different in a good way. Like very, you. Um, you know. You have the self awareness as you're talking about. You have ego to a certain degree, which is good. Confidence, I would call it. You might mm-hmm. call it ego, but you have the confidence. But then you have the vulnerability and self awareness, the empathy, and then uh, the competitive juices, like you said. As we work on the fundraiser, if we're going to do it, uh, if you're going to be a we bear, might as well be a grizzly yeah. bear. And, <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, you were, you know, very competitive in that. So it was a lot of fun. It was very refreshing mm-hmm. for me to uh, work with you in, in that endeavor, but. Going back to, you know, Wise, and you started that in 2019 in November after leaving a great job with UC Health, and that's a tough time to start a business, right, in the midst of the pandemic and different things. So take us back to, I know you were planning to have a a brick and mortar, and then you had to pivot to a virtual platform, and so you're in the midst of starting your own business throughout your career, and then all of a sudden this adversity hits. So talk us walk through maybe someone that uh, is going through that that went through or is currently going through what Stevie did in 2019 starting a business and having to pivot.
0: Yeah, I um I think back a lot to that time. Um and I I really do think that that was one of those moments in your life that you Have to just trust the process and trust what's meant for you. Um, I left my job at UC Health thinking I am getting ready to sign on the dotted line for this physical space, right? Uh, We were, you know, a month away. I'd picked out. I picked out the doorknobs, the paint color, like we're ready to go. And this is in February of 2020. And then the pandemic hits and in, you know, we're trying to make a decision on what's going to happen. And I realized that You know we could not sign on the dotted line, that this wasn't going to work. There were a few other things with the negotiations with the space that just, it was going to be more rent than I wanted to um, pay, but I was like, ah, this is the right place. And then all the things in my gut started adding up and then the pandemic hit. And I just, I really do, I have to go back to this moment of truly like being like, on the bathroom floor crying. Like people always say that you have that moment, you have that visual and I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm looking in the mirror and then all of a sudden I'm sobbing and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I've left, not only that I leave UC Health, but I left PNG. I've left this like comfortable nest of like a sure 401k, (laughs) like a for sure like this. And I knew what the path was. And all of a sudden my plan just blew up into smithereens with COVID. And I sat there thinking, you've never not figured it out. Like you've, you know yourself enough to know that you will always figure it out. Why is this any different? Right. I, you know, have been in different moments in my career where, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't in the right space. And how did I create something from nothing in order to find fulfillment? And, you know, I did that at PG. UC Health, we created that space um, to be able to bring like incredible connection between physicians and patients and the people working at UC Health and to be able to create in Science Lives Hope. So like you can figure this out. And so we very quickly pivoted to create um, online programming and we were one of the first ones to do this. Uh, to be able to provide a virtual platform on Zoom, to be able to engage people in the same way that we were going to do in a physical space, being able to bring them together in a virtual space. And so that was kind of the first installation of things that we did to really kind of create a sense of community where uh, everybody was feeling very isolated, very nervous, very lonely. Um, And really garnering the attention of a lot of our corporate partners. So, Paycor was the first one to kind of say, hey, we would love to do something on mental health with you. Um, We would love to be able to, you know, bring our resources together with you to really bring that to life. And that was just such a great vote of confidence because I've always looked to Paycor as being a best-in-class employer. Um, We also, during that time, had been in negotiations with the brand Crunchmaster, crackers and we had signed on to do you know physical a lot of events um and uh that obviously wasn't going to happen anymore but i knew that there was an opportunity with them to um, be able to leverage their resources and providing access to resources for frontline workers um so You know, they had you know so many samples going to Coachella and South by Southwest, and they have um, they have a product that will um, it's uh, what's the word? Um, It has a shelf life.
1: Sure. And
0: so they couldn't keep it in storage, and we had no idea how long the pandemic was going to be. So we rerouted all of these samples that were going to these big music festivals to uh, 12 hospitals across the country um, in order to fuel front lines workers. And we were able to actually work with their distributor to get vitamins and water and like meals and different things like that and that was kind of the second thing that kind of really put us on the national map to say how do we leverage our resources to kind of really make sure that not only consumers are healthy but also that like our healthcare workers and people who are caring for others are really cared for Um, and it was during that time that you know I just, I don't think I slept a lot. I don't know that my own wellness was in a great spot, Um, but I do think that, you know, that's where we really started to build an incredible team of people that came out of the woodwork and said, I want to be on your boat. I want to be, I want to row with you. And um, that's where I would just say, you know, in those times of struggle, like sitting in the silence and letting the grief fuel you in a way that like, if you just stick to your North Star, your grief will be able to be that fuel to get you going and get that motor humming, like, let it be a part of there and sit with you, but also let your grit and determination, like continue forward and allow for that to bring other people in. And the same people that joined me during that time are the same people that are on my team. Now they've never left. They've like, are my ride or die, my true North. And uh, we were stronger than ever.
1: Yeah. I love talk about knowledge nuggets each episode that that is a huge knowledge nugget is making sure, uh, to, to have great people on your boat. Like you said, it's a village and then fueling the fire, as you said, let some of that grief sit, understand it, own it, and then, you know, use that to drive forward. That's fantastic. And just a little bit about the true North. And, you know, I know you're working a little bit about wise, right. And I'll let you touch upon this, but advance women through whole self-wellness, um, creating better peak performance, avoiding burnout, lots of different things you're doing. But can you kind of touch upon maybe that true north, right? You just mentioned it, the true north of helping others that helped you through yourself, through that adversity, going from that moment where you're devastated on the bathroom floor, emotional, crying to then, hey, this is my true north to help others, in particular, also women to advance themselves. So I don't maybe get through, you can help people get through moments you were just experiencing. Can you talk talk a little bit more so people can maybe understand like what WISE is and WISE Wellness Guild is and then what you've done?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really you know, talking about the the purpose and why we exist, um, you know, burnout is one of those hundred dollar words that like everybody it's everywhere, right? Everybody's talking about burnout, quiet quitting, all yep. of those things. And what we recognize though, when we were launching wise is that burnout truly is Uh, it's multifaceted and it's really something that is very personal. Um, It can sometimes be manifest itself in a lot of different ways, but the why, uh, you know, is, is very personal. Um, uh, What we characterize burnout is a lack of sense of purpose and a lack of sense of like the uh, ability to deliver against that purpose. And, there are a lot of people in the workforce um in particular women that um you know obviously with uh you know the, when you start to look at the progression of career and why women aren't achieving these higher levels of success um and you know from an equitable standpoint as our male counterparts we know that there's a lot that Uh, institutions are doing to create equitable spaces, right? And we know that there are men like yourself that show up as allies and want to be great and do better. It's also a challenge, though, of being able to exist as a human in all of these other areas that are who you are outside of work. So if you have a family, if you are caring for aging parents, if you are an aunt, if you are just a friend, you know, existing um, and this is even prior to the pandemic, that we knew that you know, from the uh, number of men and women entering the workforce is 50-50. But by the time that they get to that managerial role, it plummets because that usually coordinates directly when people are, are um, intersecting with a lot of these big, like first life moments, like death of a parent, new baby, like a lot of those types of things. And so, When you take on more of that responsibility, a lot of times we aren't acknowledging the role that career and financial wellness has with all of these other things. We've talked about work-life balance, but we've not acknowledged the fact that career and financial implications very much have a strong output and, you know, output outcome to your mental health and the vice versa, right? Um, Of your, you know, how the things you're fueling your body with, if you're eating right, if you're sleeping well at night, if you're working out in the morning or, you know, after work, all of those have to do with the fact of your ability to maintain resilience and being able to withstand some of those pieces. So we um, before I even started Wise officially, I had done. I'm a big like cognitive and behavioral sciences nerd by um, background. It's a lot of what I did at P and G. Um, but what we know is that you know it's this um, you know social determinants of health, and um, you know really understanding like where you live and the nutrition of like be living in a city, um, and the grit required for you to withstand like waking up in the middle of the night to ambulance, like alarms and lights. And, you know, a lot of those things very much has an impact on your ability to like show up to work and the way that you approach your work. And we don't really think about that. A lot of times we expect everybody to show up and be the same and be willing to do that. We don't take that in consideration. So, um, WISE, I did about 500 qualitative interviews over the course of four years leading up to building WISE. And WISE is very much a um, demographic, psychographic, behavioral, and social determinants of health algorithm at its foundation to be able to really look at how healthy are you across those eight pillars of wellness. And, you know, I would ask you, Kyle, like, for example, like, do you know, I know you've gone out through a huge health along your health journey, but the more that you've really invested in your physical wellness, like, have you seen an impact on your ability to be a better leader and perform better? And like, have you seen that correlation?
1: Yeah, I I think a hundred percent. I would say um, I'm to the point where if I don't, create a balance or if I, if I don't work out, I'm better off doing less work and going, it's crazy to it sounds to work out, or uh, make sure I'm eating right or sleeping right. Or else I'm like, uh, I just have lack of uh, mental clarity and my decision-making my moods and how I interact. It, it really does impact um, what I do at work in my career. So yeah, I would, I would say a hundred percent. I've, I've realized that probably in the last couple years, I think since 2019, when you started your business, kind of the COVID made me kind of press pause and evaluate how I i was probably not living, I was traveling a ton, I was not living a balanced life at all. And uh, I think that actually kind of made me understand uh, what a balance is or, you know, and I think that's an always an ever, ever evolving question is like, what is work-life balance? But I would say for me, um, I started, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, I'd been the heaviest of my life. I I knew I needed to lose weight. I knew I needed to get my cholesterol down. I knew I needed to uh, work out more because I felt better. And I would say uh, I'm so much in a better, um, just my whole life is better. My career is better. So yes, I know that was a long-winded question or answer, but it it is a hundred percent true for me. I can, I know that.
0: And it illuminates though, the way that I think about Balance, I actually think about it less as a seesaw and more as like a top. So if you think about spinning a top and you think about the eight pillars almost as like a spider web, right? It's that's a circle. I think about it as like, you know, you're always going to be searching for like how do you keep the top spinning? Because that's really what we are, right? We're constantly in motion of like, you know, how are we going to continue to keep doing this? And sometimes it's going to go slower and sometimes it's going to go faster. And honoring the fact that like, you know, if we can find a way to keep all of them in a healthy space that let's build on our strengths. So for you, you're a high achiever, like you've clearly, you know, recognized that your physical health, your nutritional health, the more that you impact that, and the more that you invest in that, you're going to start to see that it's going to impact positively or negatively other areas of your life. What I would say, though, is what we've been able to see, statistically speaking, is if people can get to, uh, you know, above a B average on, you know, at least five of their eight pillars, that generally, like, it tends, just like it does everything else, like, there's a lot of other things that start to, like, kind of rise the tide. So you might say, you know, um, some people might look at your career um, trajectory and say oh like you know he's investing so much in himself here but like it's it's positively impacted your career you also personally have started this podcast right mm-hmm. and you've now been able to go and like find other areas so you've maybe taken the pressure off of like how much fulfillment you're expecting you're putting less pressure on your like day job so that way you can do exactly you're like, a ninja. You can go in and do exactly what you're supposed to do and not put so much pressure on it, you to get that fulfillment. So you have energy to go do things outside of this, like this podcast that like can really fuel you. And that's where we've really seen the benefits of being able to do the self-awareness, understanding where you're lacking and saying, okay, how can we go and maybe put less pressure on all of the areas to be able to be, live a more whole, full life. And that way we can stay in the workforce. So we don't over love it. And that that's just really going back to like women. We see so many women put so much pressure on themselves and their career to fulfill them. And it's a mask for them feeling uh, like they are, they have insecurities on all of these other areas they've been sold a fake narrative that like they have to do things like twice as much, or they have to show up twice as much to like produce the same results as a white man. And we've not only created that narrative for ourselves, but like, we've also put pressure on other women to be able to do that and judged other women. And I think that if you talk to men, like there's maybe some unconscious bias, I would say, especially for black women, there probably is bias there but i do think that ultimately it's about owning what's right for you and you know you'll start to recognize that if you start to like just put less pressure on your career and put invest more in other areas of your life that your career trajectory will soar like it absolutely like it doesn't make a lot of logical sense but it, i've seen it time and time again that like it's been magnificent to see the more that you rest the more effective you are
1: yeah no i think quality over quantity for sure i kind of grew up a work traditionalist and i'd say it was quantity but i do think there's obviously you have to put in the work um there's a a a line between the two but i think um you're right like sometimes the more i read the more i exercise the more i do these i just get rejuvenated different ideas different engagement different lenses um and I'm, i'm super proud as an employer to be have you know more females and we've promoted some into leadership and I, and I meet with them and I, I was curious I want to ask you this question. I asked him I said, what's your biggest you know because I am you know pretty conscious through our industry I, I try to sit in in a lot of the you know the female sessions and say okay hey what how can I be as a white male um, more show more empathy to, not just to, to females but to different ethnicities, races, genders so and so forth have more understanding and learning. Um, And I do talk to some of the folks in our group and they actually say sometimes the, like you said, the females are sometimes the most judgmental, not all the time, but there is Mm -hmm. a, so if there is a, I guess, from an educational perspective, whether it's they're going up against maybe a bias, unconscious bias against a male, or there is a female kind of vying for another one competing or trying to put them down or it's another male, either or, but I've, I've heard that as well. I don't know if you see that through coaching where sometimes they had told me say Kyle sometimes it's not you know always the males cuz I said hey it's is it is it always the males that are within our organization or others that are trying to put you down or trying to maybe have a bias and they're like sometimes it is the females too so
0: yeah, I don't know how you It's you see a that. lack, it, it's it spawns from a lack mindset, which a lot of times comes from this very um, and not to put, I'm not gonna put a generation on it because I've seen it across all generations, um, but it comes from that traditional when women started to rise in the 80s and 90s into that role. It's that only one of us can succeed um, at the top. And so they're kind of that like there's not gonna be many of us. And if it's gonna be somebody, it's gonna be me. And I think that where that shift in mindset has kind of come from is that, you know, um, a lot of that lack mindset comes from insecurities of what true uh, personal leadership looks like. And when I say personal leadership, it means like alignment of values. Sometimes it's a misalignment of like one leader to another of if one leader values health and, uh, family security and, uh, you know, relationships. And another person values financial security achievement and, um, I don't know, like, you know, creativity, you know, then those, those misalignment um, can really be a challenge. What I would encourage the organization to do is say, let's all understand and be open about what we value and really understanding intrinsically, like who we are as individuals, but let's make sure that those values, that there's at least a couple of values that align with your company core values. And let's, let's, gather around those to say, as a company, you work here because, you know, you really value relationships or you really value, um, you know, personal growth and development. And like, that's why you've decided, like, you really love being able to be somebody who can really help to like create a win-win-win situation. And I think that that's where I've seen the most success of like a lot of that subsides is when you can help people to realize what that common goal is and understanding that that's also a part of the reward system, um, that some of those women in particular, speaking on really try to bring other women down, if they recognize that they're going to be rewarded by finding that common ground, a lot of them can really start to back off a little bit and say, oh, like, yeah. And um, I, I won't say that it's always successful because, again, people who are in a lack mindset are in a lot of times in a survival mindset and they're in, you know, fight, flight, freeze. So they're like right. probably, you know, somebody who's not really healthy themselves, but I do think that that self-awareness can be really helpful.
1: No, that's great insight. And I, I think that's once again, passion. I think we all, you know, whether you're male, female can all be understanding. Cause I, I don't know what it's like to be female. I don't know what it's like to have a different color of skin like i am who i am but one thing i did which created i think some empathy on my i remember i was 23 24 and i was then uh, the one an early ceo with a title even though we were only maybe like five employees or whatever it was i remember walking into rooms and oftentimes saying there's no way this guy you know he looks like a 16 year old right mm-hmm. <laughs> um this guy he looks like a kid how is he running this company right And so I had a little bit of, um, understanding what it's like to be put down, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, and saying why, and I just was madder than hell. Like you talk about using that, um, that, that, that pain for gain. And, uh, so I try sometimes, and I don't know if that's a reg, you know, i say, Hey, if, if you do feel that from a male or a female counterpart that, Hey, you got promoted and you're not getting the support or you hear, they make a comment or whatever it is. I said, use that. I, I said, I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes, but I did know I did experience this. Is that a good way to resonate or is it better just to focus on, is it good to use my personal experiences in a certain format? Because I'm always conscious like, well, I don't want to be the white male that's, you know, playing, not the victim, but a challenging situation. So it's like, sometimes I don't know how to navigate those waters as a leader is like, do I share an experience like that? Do I not? I don't know what you think about that.
0: The fact that you're even thinking about this, like, Kyle, like, I know you're an incredible leader, right? Because there's, there's a lot of leaders that aren't even asking themselves this question. Um, And I do think that, um, you know, leveraging personal experiences in that way, that uh, being able to say that's a different type of bias. Right. The fact that like, you know, somebody that maybe has been, you know, 20 years experience in uh, the workforce, you know, looking to you coming in, being like, what do they know? What they don't even recognize is that like you have this power of servant leadership that like nobody's maybe ever afforded them that they didn't even know existed, that you're going to listen to them, that you're going to leverage their experience because they are the expert. And like you acknowledge that like your superpower is totally different than theirs. And that it's not, again, it's, I think that utilizing your experience in that of a way of you can never fully understand what somebody's gone through and bias and experiencing that. And that you would never, uh, dream to say that, like, you know, that, that they compare because they're just two, it's apples and oranges. I do think that, you know, the more that we can really understand each other's, um, the, like background and experiences, and recognizing that, you know, we've all gone through stuff, whether they're like big traumas, little traumas, we've all gone through right. our sense of like experiences. That the more that we can just acknowledge that they exist and compare them less, I think that that just is going to be better in creating like a level of human decency that yeah. I think we've really lacked for a while.
1: Sure. Wow. Yeah. Powerful, powerful to yeah. say the least. Um, yeah man I that, think that, that's um, that's powerful that's you really know what I really I
0: one thing that you just said that I wanted to um it just kind of allowed for me to I just think about a lot of times with um you know when we think about wellness and we think about resilience um and we think about the there there's a a you know, there's a, a thing that we talk about like allowing for people to withstand that pressure. So in that dynamic you said about like the two women, right? Yep. Um is that we also have a choice of whether like not only what somebody's saying but also how we react to it. And a lot of what we talk about within wise is a lot about uh you know there's resilience and then there's rest and recovery. And we don't talk a lot about the the rest and recovery in order to continue to be resilient. Um, And as we talk about this resilience, like in cultivating it, you know, a lot of it is about strength, but it's also about maintaining our personal boundaries, right? It's about like, if you think about that armor and being able to like, you know, if you're strong enough, sometimes it's a boulder and sometimes it's a pebble that feels like a boulder that will just take us down. Right. So yep. it can be that like, sometimes it's just something that somebody said that you just snap and you're like, where did that come from? Like, it wasn't even that big of a deal, but I made it a huge deal. I think that I would talk to your team a lot about that because a lot of times the, the personal boundaries that we set for ourselves, we, we allow for others to, uh, impede on those a lot more because we don't even really know what they are. Like we haven't set them for ourselves and we haven't established them to understand that if, if a woman is coming and you know, talking smack or like, you know, kind of like saying, Oh, this person isn't like isn't doing their job or like coming for them. Like you don't have to actually accept that as truth.
1: Yep. Like
0: you don't have to even hear it. You can pretend like it doesn't even exist because it's none of your business But if you don't have resilience, like that could really impact you and your psyche and get into like the mental gymnastics that it's, um, that really can like impact your ability to perform because you're so worried about external validation and being liked that. I think a lot of women, like we never consider our own personal boundaries and we never consider that like, we really are relationships people. It's how we've survived like for centuries. Right. Is that like, and, um, and so that was just one thing that I, you know, we've really been having a lot of really important discussions on within our community is about like setting better boundaries is better for everyone. And that what people say about you is none of your business. Like, but you have to be strong enough to be able to actually believe that. And <laughs> like, yeah, it requires no, rest and recovery.
1: It, I used to take things so personal. And as we've grown, we have close to 200 employees and you can't make everyone happy and, and you, someone might make a comment on facebook or linkedin and you read it and it just affects you it's hard not to right, right. when you see it when it's in front of your face some in in uh it's hard not to take it personal um like you said my ment your mental health is like you feel like man am i ever going to do anything right and <laughs> but then you're looking at that one that pebble probably someone thinks a pebble but for me it felt or so for someone else it could feel like a boulder um so i really resonate with you know resiliency because it's hard it's a lot easier said than done or a pillar yeah. like you said one of my pillars which was health and wellness went way down some of the other pillars were going up and then trying to balance to get those five of eight pillars that are you know doing well and it's it's hard to find that you know being you know but i think that's about life right it's like sports yeah. or in business it's like what is easy like <laughs> living the life you you want isn't easy in my opinion. And so what would you recommend? I know that's kind of a macro statement, but from your standpoint, you know, as we kind of come towards an end here, like what are something um, that you would recommend on how to live that overall wellness that you coach of like, how do you get to those five pillars at least, or how do you live that? I know that's a, a broad basis. Is it, is it really being focused on planning? Is it really having, you know, a definitive daily plan, weekly plan? Is it, how do you find that? Okay. Hey, I can put time here. Cause I need to do this. I need to do that. Cause to me, sometimes it feels overwhelming. Oh, like, oh my absolutely. gosh. I got all these things I got to do at work. I got to these three kids. I got three kids now. I got, you know, a great wife that I'm trying to you know maintain that relationship, but then I'm trying to grow the business here. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Um, you know, anxiety off the roof. Right. Like I feel uh, the pressure of the world. Um, and, but then sometimes I've related back to folks like yourself in conversations like press pause, take a deep breath, write some things down, you know, you can do this, right? So what would be maybe an overall viewpoint on uh, living your best life, I guess?
0: Yeah, I, for me, it comes down to, uh, honestly, a very, very simple concepts that has a lot of different ways to execute. Um, And it really is around intentionality. Um, We are so good at being achievers in our careers and we project manage the hell out of things, right? We are so good at at sitting down and crafting the annual plan and like putting the metrics associated and how many things need to go into this. But when it comes to our own lives, like we just roll up, get out of the car and we're like, all right, here I am. Like, what are we, what are we doing today? And I just think that that's like so crazy to me that that is honestly, 99 of a hundred conversations that I have with people, like that is how we we exist. Yep. And what I found is the secret is like truly like you would project manage, you know, anything in your career. It's about being intentional about really, again, that self-reflection. I really do feel like, uh, you know, we, uh, the name wise actually comes from the term wisdom and wisdom is knowledge applied. So we are, of, we are not lacking the knowledge. We have everything at our fingertips. We know what to do. We just lack the ability to execute against it and apply it because we get very distracted by things that actually don't matter, that are obligations of things that we don't want to do, or they're out of guilt because we don't have good boundaries. And so I just would encourage people to really give yourself the gift of time to say, and it doesn't have to be like a whole two day offsite work session, like whatever it can in me over time to say, you know, intrinsically, what do I value and how like currency, how am I putting my time against those things that I value? and being really intentional. Um, There's a a gentleman, Richard Boyatzis. He's a professor at Harvard, but he studied, he created this uh, concept called intentional change theory. It's out of Case Western Reserve. And they have an incredible program up there that I'm going through currently to better understand the concepts of this. But intentional change theory is truly just about being really intentional about how you want to live your life. And It's about understanding that glide path of where you are and what's your real self and what's your ideal self. And it's about being ruthless, about failing time over time over time and trying out new ways to get to that ideal self until you achieve it. And I think that it's um, that intentionality doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. And so if you say, you know, I want to, um, you know, I've got three kids and my wife is just, you know, doing incredible with like really taking the load off of this. I really want to find ways to connect with her, okay? Um you know intentionality would maybe look like, you know, being intentional about taking her um you know on a surprise date that you plan once a month. I'm making that up. I'm not signing you up for that. But like just as an example oh, of like, it's a good you know, idea. because but if she but if yep. she also has to value being surprised and not like, and like knowing that like, she also like giving up control of that. Right. And so, um, it's about intentionally planning those things that like would make you feel good and would make you feel like you got that opportunity to connect with her. And then also being able to say, okay, intentionally, I'm also going to, with my kids, like, you know, I'm going to be there for them at their sports and I'm going to be there for them at Halloween. And I'm going to show up for these things. Like that means that you're saying no more often than you're saying yes, to things. And like, I really think that that's just intentionality. It's about like truly respecting and honoring, like and being selfish about the things that matter to you. And that's how we get to like be proportional and how we spend our time and energy on things.
1: I, That's amazing. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm right in that right now where I'm trying to be more intentional. Um, you know, the time currency, as you mentioned so yeah. many, great words of advice and things that I want to get better at so I think there is and, and I, I love the what a great uh takeaway potentially personally is a surprise date for for Kristen so <laughs> well, we she doesn't I don't know if she'll listen to this podcast but hopefully she doesn't so then I I won't tell her that Steve he gave me that idea there we go there so, we go <laughs> but uh man I could talk to you for hours and um you're you're obviously as as special as i know and hopefully they i'm sure the the listeners feel the same way after listening to this episode so what is a a way for i always love to make sure that uh people can follow you so obviously hopefully enjoyed the podcast which i said i think they will and how can they follow You know, Stevie Carr, I know, um, any websites, handles.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, Wise Wellness Guild, uh, we are on Instagram, all your major platforms. um, Wise underscore wellness underscore guild um, on Instagram is probably where we're most active. Um, And then you can actually go to wisewellnessskill.com to learn more about, uh, you know, you can take our 100-point wellness assessment if you're interested in kind of doing that self-awareness exercise for the eight pillars of wellness. Um, We also represent over 400 small women and minority-owned wellness businesses across 33 states and six countries. Um, We really believe that, um, you know, when you're looking to invest in yourself, Yes, it's going to take large companies, you know, producing the right wellness, the right wellness goods and services, but truly, you know, when you think about, um, you know, where you're going to get your massage or where, what mental health provider you want to see a lot of times, that's very much a local endeavor. And so we are uh, really committed to providing those vetted resources for you. So we've got a wealth of content and resources on our site that if you are interested in Taking the next step on your wellness journey, we just highly encourage that you kind of look in to invest. Um, while we are designed for women, we are very much committed to serving men and women. Uh, we believe that we need healthy men um, and allies to be able to create healthy communities. So um, that would probably be the two ways. And then the very last way is sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we have an incredible newsletter that goes out once a week. We won't overburden your inbox, but a lot of really great wellness tools and reminders on boundaries and on you know where to get you know your best um you know yoga provider um in your city and a lot of really great reminders there.
1: Yeah, I know I follow. Um I think I need to get in your newsletter. I don't think I am, but I follow all your your stuff online. I've had for for quite a while since we we met. And it really is not just because you're on the podcast. It's really as I, I can hear you verbally, uh there's a lot of written content that's really fantastic. And um very useful very mindful um very practical to put into the daily lives like i said there's a lot of things i w- i would like to do like you said it's about execution so if yeah. i learned anything it's 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 taking it we all have the knowledge but it's to execute with intentional purpose and just i think that's one. that's just that's super one. super start important with one. Yep. yeah absolutely start starts with one step right <laughs> yeah um, i remember i was on my fitness try to drop those 40 pounds it's just take that take, just take that step go for that walk just start that yep. journey And next thing you know, you're five miles in and you feel great. And you're like, I got my 10,000 steps today and we're moving, right? And feeling the energy and then the mental clarity. It's like you said, it just starts with one. And uh, man, really, really appreciate it, Stevie. Best is ahead for you. And I can't wait to follow your journey as you continue to to change this world in a positive way and uh, wish you nothing but the best.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, huge fan. I'm so excited to see what's ahead for you here, too. And looking forward to hearing who your next guest is going to be.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know right now it's hard to see, but one day you're going to believe it. I was the first one counting out. Now I'm the youngest one winning. My brothers tell me they see me. My sister saw me on TV.
0: She said that hey, you were a superstar, but now I'm the underdog.